Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is WBA Super Middleweight Champion, Andre Ward, and you're with Leave It In The Ring Radio. Hola, soy Sergio Maravilla Martínez. Esto es LeaveItInTheRing.com. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's Victor Ortiz at LeaveItInTheRing.com. So take care, guys. How are you doing? You're with Abner Mares, and you're right here with Leave It In The Ring Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the pound-for-pound pound best radio show around the world, it's Leave It In The Ring. Well, welcome everybody to the show. I got a, a very special guest with me here on Leaving the Ring. Uh, we got the 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 towering inferno. What? First off, bro, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming on the show. Much appreciated. Uh, good, good. How are you? Uh, everything's good right now. We're just going to spar right now in Laguna, so. Oh, so I, good. Really, that's great, man. I know your dad told me you guys are like super busy, and I'm like, oh, I know. I mean, you guys are getting ready. Um, I was saw, I was looking at box break though. They don't have the guy that you're gonna face next, and I believe your dad was telling me he was gonna get uh, uh, Coda, right? Is that that's yes, sweet. yes, okay. and that's in what uh, March? Uh, maybe March, maybe April. We don't know yet. We're mm -hmm. still uh, not set on the date, but uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully soon. So really off the bat, because I know you got you know you don't got much time because you are going to heading out to a gym to go spar and all that. Uh, some of the guys in the chat room. Or asking if you've sparred David Benavides yet? Uh, we actually just sparred him yesterday. We did six rounds with him yesterday. Really? So, uh, it, yeah, it's good work. Very good work for us. Yeah, uh, man. And being a tall fighter, it gives us, uh, it makes us stay on our toes because he's he, he uses his reach too, and, and he's fast. He's very fast. He's looking very very fast, and it's just great work overall. Now, just to kind of go back in your background really quick, man. Um, I know, you know, when some folks go, I come from a fight family, you know, it's normally because their dad fought or their uncles fought, but you guys really, I mean, you really do come from a fight family. All six of your siblings, your dad, even your mom was a fighter, right? Yep, yep, yep. All of us been fighting. Uh, that's what actually motivated um, Seeing my brother fight, his first amateur fight, wanted, um, that motivated me to become a boxer too. Uh, mm -hmm. I wanted to be in the sport just to be better than him. And uh, it just went on from there, you know? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask you this. It's because obviously the competitive, you know, you got to be really competitive to be a boxer. But does that does that help out having other siblings? And then also, is it a lot of pressure on you having not just a dad that box, but a mom that boxed it as well? Um, it, it definitely competitive between my family and me. Uh, 
like my little sister right now she's been going up to big bear with me sparring cecilia and stuff like that so she's getting great work up there too and uh she's always been good she out of all of us i think she's the best but that motivates me to be even better you know to to still so she can look up to me as a professional fighter and and look at me as someone to 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 pick stuff off of and then the fact that, that my parents were boxers it, it i don't feel no pressure from it it's mm-hmm. just uh we just it's just something i do you know it's an everyday thing i don't feel pressure from it. it's like waking up it just makes it everything uh, uh a habit for me you know like everybody knows what's going on and and it's no no extra pressure if anything it makes it it's easier it's just like a, a normal thing to do like eating or sleeping or you know right right you know you know, I, I want to get this straight because I keep seeing on different sites that you're either 6'3", 6'5", or 6'7". Which one is it? 6'6". 6'6". Yeah, six, that's the one I always use. I always tell everybody I'm 6'6". Six, six. They switch it up, you know, uh, for, for, for different reasons. But I, the one I always say is 6'6". Six, 6'6", six. Six, six, man. That's crazy, bro. Especially being Latino. I know I know for one that, that probably the two number, number one questions is, are you a basketball player? Which you, you've said no. You don't care for yeah. basketball. <laughs> yeah. But do they, do, when they ask that question and you go, no, nah, I don't play basketball or I'm not into basketball, do they normally still have that confused look like, why not? Yeah, of course. Of course. It's, it's, that, it, it's do you play basketball or, or how tall are you? And after that, after I answer, no, I don't play basketball, it's the why not question. Right. And, uh, it, I can't dribble a ball for nothing, you know, uh, stuff like that. It just it doesn't interest me because uh, I didn't start when I was young. I, I played I played like a month I think in high school, but it, like I I wasn't good. The kids are like five six stealing the ball away from me, so I was like, I'm not, I'm not even gonna bother. Not even gonna bother. I wonder, bro, if uh, you were holding back from throwing a, a punch at them for stealing the ball. Uh, and that's yeah, definitely, definitely <laughs> wrong sport. Wrong sport. Wrong sport. Yeah, man. You know, I guess th- my next question is for your dad if he's right there. How do you train somebody that's 6'6 at 154? Like, you know, what are some of the methods that you had to adapt to training somebody that's so tall? I just, I should, he grew up with me. I grew up with him. And, uh, and uh, it's just, there's really no special method. It's just, uh, <laughs> he, he wasn't always tall. Fortunately, right. he just started springing up, but he wasn't always tall. So uh, um, it's just, we Did- grew up together pretty much. If you, if, Right. So let me ask you, when he just kind of just grew, at 14 and all of a sudden he just sprouted up and all that, did you start looking at the meals like, what are we feeding this guy? What's going on here? Because he's not the only one that's tall. I kind of saw Alberto Tamien's pretty tall as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I started cutting on the, on the tortillas. I started cutting on the... <laughs> <laughs> no, but these kids, believe it or not, he eats, he's like a heavyweight. I mean, Sebastian eats... I mean, even when it's not Christmas, he still eats tamales, he still eats pozole. I mean... Caldo in the summer. So he, he eats, he's like a mad dog. I mean, he eats a lot. Yeah, I, I imagine, that, man. That explains, that explains a lot. He just, if he was, if he was six footer, he would be a stocky guy. Right. You know? Now. He'd be a stocky guy. He's just so, so, so stretchy. Right. So let me ask you, did you, did you meet your wife in the boxing gym or would you, it was this something that you guys end up having mutual love for? Yeah, no, no. I met her at the dentist. No, I made her the dentist. <laughs> that's a whole different. That's a whole different story. But, uh, yeah, but we all we all we all love this. We all love the sport. Yeah, because when I read but the bio, listen, I, I, yeah, well, I, I gotta say, go. I gotta go. We, we're ready to go to sparring right now. Okay.
But uh, we're right here now at this, you know, so they're, we got a big group waiting on us. Oh, no worries, man. I just but, appreciate you guys. Sebastian, 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 continue talking to you. Okay, great, man. Great talking to you, Freddie. Okay, likewise. All right, man. You know, um, yeah, dude, I got so many questions for you, you know. You know, I, I guess your toughest fight was against Clark, right? I mean, if, if you – because you got that draw – uh, with him, what 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 have you learned off of that fight? Uh, uh I learned that there's just, just going to be some people that, that 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 can just take the punch, you know, and 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 work off of that. And uh, we just working, we just been working off of that. Like 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 now, maybe a little bit more distance, a more defense, a lot more defense. You need to work a lot more defense, but but we've been working stuff like that. So uh, mm -hmm. just our flaws, the flaws, and just to get better. Because I mean. I could be world champion. I can unify the whole division, but there's still room for improvement. And, um, you know, that's all there is to it. Improve, improve, improve. So one of the guys, Jesus M, is asking in the chat room, he wants to know where your family's from. I know your dad is Cubano, but um, mm -hmm. um, your mom, is she from there too? or or? My mom's Mexican. Oh, your mom's My Mexican. mom's Mexican. Yeah, from Mexico City, so. Oh, yeah. Mexico. Oh, DFA, huh? My mom's from uh, the yep, DFA. Yep. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, then you have good sangre in you, brother. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> you know, so, you know, the one the one time, I, well, the first time when I saw you, first off, it was astonishing to see how tall you were, right? You know, but the other mm -hmm. thing was, um, the other thing that in particular I noticed was maybe because you're so tall that you still hadn't developed your balance. But these last three fights that I've watched, your balance has been there, man. What is what is the one thing you guys have been working on your balance? Because in the beginning, it looked like you were still trying to get used to the size of your body. Now it looks like you've really got a hold of it. You know, that's always been a problem for me. Um, getting used to, like, my length of my body, the bending my knees and stuff like that because I would – at 14, I was already taller than everybody. I was already six feet at 14, fighting at 120. You know, Whoa. small, small little weights. Well, these kids are are stocking up, they're getting bigger, they're getting more muscular, and instead, of, so it, it was um, getting used to how to use my power, how to use my length and my my leverage and everything. Um, it took some time, but like now, now we're sitting, we're not growing. I don't think we're growing anymore. Now we have time to bulk up a little bit more, you know, uh -huh. and uh, sit sit down and work on what we have and, and not worry about getting taller or, you know, stuff like that. Now, I know your dad was saying that you eat like a heavyweight, man. You know, you're just coughing yeah. it all up and stuff. So is is making the weight at 154, is it easy for you or are you guys like, are you struggling a bit with it? No, no, no. We're. As soon as I start struggling with it, I'll move up. But right now, we walk. We I walk. I don't walk at 154 anymore. But like last year, the year before, I would walk around that weight. Now I walk a little bit heavier, like 160, 162. But it's still not a problem for me. I lose that weight, no problem. Now I got somebody. Gorilla Mafia asked, uh, "Should boxers drink protein shakes or pre-workout? What do you do normally?" Uh, I do drink pro protein shakes, but when I do that, I do it for like a meal replacement type of thing. Like if I'm in a rush, I'll drink a protein shake real quick, but I don't think it's that healthy. Nothing's better than food itself. That's what my father always told me. Right. Food gives you the nutrients you need. Fruits, vegetables, meats, all that stuff. That's all you need. Now, I saw that picture with you and Lennox Lewis, man, and I was just like, <laughs> bro, you're tall, you know. <laughs> Let me ask you, what, what advice did Lennox give you? I just keep doing just stay focused face so face um stay focused on the the craft and and 
everything will come. You know, you can't treat the sport with disrespect or the, you know, it'll run you over. The second you take your eyes off what you need or what you want, it, everything becomes um, like, it's like a, a chess game. You know, you focus on one side of the board, the other side's going to mess you up and then, then you end up losing everything. So now going back with that, focused. going back with that Clark fight after that fight, immediately after your other opponents, man, it looked like they got the, the, the end of your, of you kind of like coming out, seeking destroy mode, you know, um, am I getting that right? I mean, cause you came out with vengeance, you know, in these last other fights, it was like, you, you didn't want to give any time, any room again to get that chance of maybe drawing another draw against you. Yeah. yeah. No, like, like, like we said, uh, we've been working on our flaws. Uh, of course, we're not going to get everything right on the first couple of fights, but we're working on that. And, uh, eventually We'll be ready for a world title or something like that, and and you know, and uh, we're only twenty three. We have time to go. We have time to go. Absolutely, yeah, I know. I mean, twenty three years old. I mean, um, there's a lot of folks are probably wondering when when you grow into your man strength. Um, you know, you packing on more pounds, getting bulkier and stuff. And I'm like, why are we even talking about that? Let's enjoy you right now. One hundred and fifty four. Now, you mentioned yeah. a world title. How? How soon are you guys looking for? Is it like the end of the year or, you, you know what, you guys are just work, going as it goes? Yeah, we're going as it goes. You know, uh, things change. Things change. I didn't think I was going to be fighting for a title eliminated at the end of the year last year. I mm -hmm. thought that would be stuff that we'd be doing halfway through this year. So uh, things change constantly. So we don't know. We know, but we don't really know. We can't really call anything. Yeah, we actually uh, talked about that, Nato. Um, he's looking at the Coda fight in either March or April. That's the next fight that uh, the uh, Towering Inferno is looking at. Um, now, let me ask you this, because I've always said this on my show, and even when I used to work with my kids and work out at gyms, I was always saying that boxing is kind of a lonely sport, and it's kind of a boring sport, because you have to do things repetitively. What is the one thing in the gym that you hate doing, but you know it's a necessity to do? Um, you know what? At first, well, actually, you know, there's 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 running days, but it's not like the long distance running. It's like sprint days because that really pushes you, and you have to wake up like especially around these times. We live in the desert where it's supposed to be hot, but right now it's really really cold. Cold, right? And I hate waking up in the cold, so stuff like that, sacrifices like that. But you know what? Uh, it's just something you got to do. And I, and I learned that through the years that repetition and, and, and staying, staying, staying with the sport will get good results. And, and it's proved itself over and over and over again. So why not? Why, why, why would I stop such a good thing? Let's see here. Jesus, and what style does he need more experience against? What style do you think you need more experience against? Um, I don't know. To be honest, it just what presents itself because it, there's I could say an awkward fighter, but then, you know, what does that mean? You know, uh, well, let me ask you this, because, I mean, normally anybody that 154 is either the tallest would probably be six foot, maybe even six one is pushing mm -hmm. it. You know, um, does it throw you off if your dad throws you in there with somebody at six, three, six, four? Does that throw you off the height difference? Because I know you're going to have to start throwing punches kind of eye level rather than below your nose. Yeah. Uh, no, no. That's why I like sparring people like Benavides and stuff like that. He's like six three. It, yeah. it, it gives me good work. It, now it gives me a chance to to. I mean, not that these smaller guys don't give me a chance to box, but like now I have to keep my range. I have to because if I step in a little bit too close, he'll be able to hit me. 
Right. So uh, actually, uh, the the taller it, the taller fighters don't bother me actually, because then again, I have I have a, a brother that I used to spar all the time, Berto, and my mm-hmm. my younger brother, um, Freddie, and my younger brother six five, and we used to spar him all the time, and my older brother was six three too. Oh my god! So height it was never really a problem. How tall is your dad? He's five eleven. Damn, man, dude, he's got some good genes there, bro. (laughs) He's got some really good genes there. You know, um, who are the fighters that people have told you that you remind them of? I see. I hear a lot of uh, Tommy Hearns because of the the length and then the way I use my my range. Uh, That's about it. You know what? Uh, I get a lot like uh, I never seen a boxer like you. So, <laughs> right? No, <laughs> we switch it up. We uh, we might use our range for some fights, but we we really like to to bang, go inside in the in, in the inside and just throw body shots and uppercuts and stuff like that. So, I like to think my style is a little bit different from everyone else. Just the fact that I'm tall, but I like to find the inside a lot. I think that's the only comparisons that I could see, except for like there. Sometimes you do remind me of the late Diego Corrales. You know that, oh, that, yeah, that one, yeah. yeah, you would just, uh, instead of jabbing your way in, you actually allow the guys to enter your circle and then you start, you know, working with uppercuts, which man, that's great work that your dad is doing with you, you know, cause that's the way to pick up a smaller guy trying to get too low on you. Um, mm-hmm. but, but let, let me ask you this. Okay. Cause I know this has had to happen to you maybe once or even twice, or maybe all the time, because I tell you what, if I had to spar you and I was meeting you for the first time. Bro, I think you could see through the windows of my eyes the fear that I would be thinking in my head, like, dude, I got to spar this vato right here? Are you, are you <laughs> yeah. crazy? Yeah. How many times you see that? Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll do that. They'll come. They'll stand next to me, and they'll measure themselves out. Like, like, like they'll put their hand like, oh. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, they're like, and, oh, and they'll I know chingas, way. Like, how am I going to do this? And then we step into the ring and it's a whole different, like, like now my size look doubled and stuff like that. But right, eh, if, the, if you want the work, you'll get the work. Oh, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to get the work, you know, because <laughs> yeah. uh, in a lot of ways you're helping out the shorter guy try to figure out how to get in the inside past your arm length because you got what, like an 80 mm-hmm. inch uh, reach advantage. Yep. Dude, that's just crazy, bro. You know, I remember Red, uh, Red I know Jesse, Jesse Garcia. Um, Red, we yeah. call him Red here from the Bay Area. Me and him yeah. grew up together. I've known him Red since we were, uh, God, I want to say back in junior high, man. That's how long I've known him. And uh, he was the one originally was sending me film of you. He was like, dude, you got to check out my homeboy, bro. Check him out, check him out. And uh, and Red's pretty tall. I think Red's like 6'2". You know? Yeah, he's like 6'2". He's yeah. always coming by the house with, with the son always. Yeah. Good guy. Great guy. Oh, yeah, dude. No, he, Red's a phenomenal dude, man. And then uh, when he told me in the beginning, when he was like, bro, you got to check out my boy, Sebastian. This kid is is tall. And I was like, when he said tall, I thought like maybe 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, then, then you were going to fight. And then I was sitting, I'm like, bro, this is this, there's no way this guy could be at, at this tall at 154. There's just no way this can happen. And my God, bro, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, a lot. You mean honestly? Your fights have been a lot of fun. You've uh, you've actually catch, captured a lot of the imaginations of fight fans. Before I let you go, because I know you got to get going. One hundred and fifty-four division. What are your thoughts about right now? Like Charlo and the other guys in that division. You know, uh, you got Harris and then you, uh, Harrison, and you got uh, Julian Williams. They're still around. Uh, what, what What are your thoughts about these guys, man? I mean, do you hopefully want to get in there? 
And if you do, what would be the order that you would want to get these guys in with you? Uh, we want them all. We want them all since, especially because they're all PBC and I'm PBC too. So, uh, uh, why not take advantage of that right now? And, um, uh, whatever, whatever line they fall in, that that's fine. That's fine. Uh, have you came across any of the guys? Like, have you ever walked across Charlo and have you guys ever made eye connection? And if you did, no, what was his expression? I, I, I met, I met big Charlo. I met, uh, Jamal one, when, mm-hmm. when, when I fought in, um, Minnesota one time. And I remember cause, uh, he went to greet me. And I was sitting down, and I went to go shake his hand. But when I stood up, he's like, sit your ass back down. Man, that's, that, was, that was a funny one. Yeah. He's like, we already know you're tall, man. Sit yeah. down. Sit down and stuff. Stop making me look like a midget. No, I, yeah. dude, I, I, I wouldn't want to stand next to you. You know, I saw you in an interview with this poor girl. It was on your Instagram. And she literally had the, like, she was stretching her whole body out to oh, you yeah, yeah. on the mic. And it looked like she was handing you an ice cream cone, like a, a little, like you were taking <laughs> yeah, an yeah. ice cream cone from your daughter <laughs> or something, you know? I was cracking up, man. Um, here, let me just get this question in here for, for G-Funky Boxing. Uh, he said, what weight class does, do you think you're going to end your career at? Oh, um, I don't know, honestly. Uh, maybe, maybe light heavyweight, maybe heavyweight, who knows? Because everybody's always telling me that I have the height to be a heavyweight, so. We never know. We never know. The body, the body changes like all the time. So, absolutely. Who knows? Maybe I'll just stay at one fifty four the whole time. That would be uh, something to see, man. But at twenty three, yeah. you know, it's going to yeah. be pretty difficult, you know. And then uh, definitely, definitely. You know, I, there's always a dream fight for every guy. You know, I mean, if you get in the fight game, it's really it's the motivation is you see one person he's getting all these accolades and you know getting the praise and you want that position. Which right now, would you have to consider Canelo Alvarez is that guy? Let me ask yep. you, is that a dream fight, hopefully, in one time or, or another you would want, or that's just far oh, off the radar right now? Definitely, definitely, definitely. He's, the, he's, he's boxing right now. He is boxing. So to have a fight like him, it's like, say, fighting Mayweather or Pacquiao back then in the early 2010s and stuff like that, you know? Right, so absolutely. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be big. It'll be really big. All right, man. I think we're all questioned out over here on Leaving the Ring. I just want to thank you again and your dad for coming on and talking to us here. It was a pleasure, man. I can't wait to see you. Hopefully get in in March or April. Uh, That that quota fight is actually, I'm really excited. I think it's a great step up fight for you to see where you're at and then hopefully get a title uh, end of the year or beginning the next year, man. Yep. Well, thank you. Thank you for for, for having this interview and call. It's been great. Yeah. And uh, hope, hope to do it again. Yeah, hopefully this whole pandemic kind of blows over because I'd love to go out there and see you train, you know? Uh, go out for there and sure, hang out sure. with you, Red, and, and your dad and stuff, man. Again, bro, thank you again, man. Much love. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Well, there you go, guys. Sebastian Fondora. Um, you know, we only had a short time. They've been really, 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 really busy. So I want to thank Freddie and Red as well for getting us this interview. Um, I was trying to set up to see if I can get... Uh, <clears throat> um, Chocolatito's trainer on with us. Um, I just didn't have time to to give him a ring. I'll, I'll try to do that maybe for next weekend. We could try to get him on and talk about their upcoming fight. You know, but I thought I got uh, pretty much the answers that I wanted from, from Sebastian Fondora. Um, I see a lot of improvement with this kid. Um, I do want to get his dad back on because I did have like a string of questions I wanted to, excuse me, that I wanted to ask him. You know, just particularly like, you know, because it's always different training a very tall guy. It's there's a there's a method to that madness. You know, like not anybody.
can can work with a tall guy. Like Emmanuel Stewart comes to my head. Like Emmanuel always did phenomenal. The late great Emmanuel Stewart did phenomenal with tall fighters like Tommy Tommy Hearns, Lennox Lewis, uh, the Klitschko, well, Latimer Klitschko. You know, he always did great work with them. Like he, it's almost like he knew what to do with them and how to adjust them and make them better fighters. But then when you look at the small, the track of fighters that he worked with that were shorter, it wasn't the same. He didn't get the same effect, in my opinion, you know. It wasn't as sound as he as his resume with tall guys. So that's why I wanted to talk to his dad, but his dad had to go because they had a sparring. Like I said, he was the, he's like, he's got six kids that are boxing. So you imagine that household, man, you know. That's crazy. Thank you, D-Style. I really, really appreciate it. Hopefully, I got the times in there. As you guys can see in the overlay, uh, you know, because every Monday we got the 5 p.m. show of Leaving in the Ring with myself and my my, my co-host, Omilcar. And then on um, Tuesday night, uh, you got the uh, Hispanics Causing Panic uh, with D-Style and G-Funky, which airs at 5 p.m., I believe. Or no, 7, 7 p.m. Okay, I'm all over the fucking place today, bro. You know, Um Okay, so Jesus M, what David, what flaws do you see from Fundora sets his wide open punches, more body shots, and head movement? I see that exactly that too as well, you know. But I think it comes to what that question was asking him about his balance and getting underneath his feet, you know, uh, because of his, his his size. And he's sprouted at the age of 14. And a lot of times you see a lot of these guys with so much height that it's very hard for them to balance, you know. I should have told him he should play basketball because basketball is actually a great method for anybody that wants to learn how to, you know, balance and throw punches. And like if you throw a right hand and it's a hard punch, some guys will fall forward. Uh, I used to see that a lot with Krista uh, Neymar or Ayala. He would fall forward like his back foot would always pick up. Um, but even Emmanuel Stewart, one time we had him on Lean Ring, he said basketball is a great way to learn how to, to, to force your body to coordinate correctly with balance, you know. Um, but that's the one thing, like what you were just saying right now, Jesus, uh, the head movement. Um, once I see this kid start even establishing the jab even more, it's going to be very, very, very difficult, you know, because right now we honestly are seeing one side of him, which is the, you know, Diego Corrales type of style, which I see he allows the shorter guy to get into his uh, short punch range. And he does generate good punches. As tall as he is, this guy's generating some really good volume and punches behind his, you know, behind the output that he's doing, okay? But um, I want to see him learn how to use his, his height and his distance. Um, that's one thing that I would love for them to, to do, but I, it's all a growth. He's only 23. Um, he's still developing. Still, when, Like he said, he would love to stay at 154. Uh, that'd be amazing. I don't think it would. I don't think, because... Time, him bulking up, it all comes into maturing. He's going to mature into his body, you know. Um, I, I, w I wish I would have stayed at 158 uh, when I was 24, <laughs> 23, 24, you know. I'll never see those days again. I'm like, I'm like what I think I just weighed myself two days ago, and I was like 196, 197, you know. Sugar Hill as well. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. You know, some trainers do really good they just know how to work with a tall guy and that's what my question with freddie and hearing that like his brothers uh uh sebastian's brother alberto 6'3 do you have another brother that's 6'5 um 
I know he has a sister named, uh, um, God, Gerberta, I think it is. I'm not really sure. She's an a standout amateur. Um, I don't know how tall she is. You know, I think she's like probably 5'8", 5'7", 5'8". I could be wrong about that. Um, right? And, um, you know, so that tells you already that the dad, and especially like he said, hey, I grew up with them, you know, I mean, in their household. So, he, he, you know, it probably didn't even see the transition of height, you know, but <clears throat> that's why I also asked Sebastian, does it throw him off facing somebody of height, you know, because a lot of times you see, especially with heavyweights, when they're six foot five and up, you know, when they face somebody that's at eye level and their punches have to come off the shoulder in a straight direction rather than throwing the punch below their chin, it throws them off. It's like seeing a southpaw. And Sebastian is a southpaw. I forgot to ask him about that, why they settle for him to be southpaw. Because a lot of the time when you go into the gym, the trainers are always trying to switch him over to the, you know, more of the uh, uh, the right-hand stance, okay? I, I, you know what? I mean, um, G-Funky, uh, we're talking about that, D-Style, how he reminds me of Paul Williams. Um, the The... The only thing I thought with Paul Williams, um, no, actually, no, there's, there's nothing. There's a, there's a great comparison because he also was a volume puncher as Fedora, you know. So I think either Diego Corrales and, and Paul Williams, you know, and even like the flaws that Diego Corrales and Paul Williams, uh, the punisher, uh, have, you kind of see it with Fedora right now, which is. Because we haven't seen uh, Fondora have to face a boxer, a slick boxer, a guy that's going to know how to, you know, uh, capitalize on that reach and, and, and stay out of that pocket that Fondora invites you to be in, you know, which is kind of, a, um, it's really inviting to get in that pocket. Well, you know, it's like, you're a tall, you're a big tall guy and I'm a small guy. Normally, the short guy is going to be told by his trainer, hey, you got to work your way in. You know, because when you work your way in, his punches are less dangerous. This is kind of the opposite. He invites you to come in, but his punches are very dangerous once you get you in that pocket, in that fight zone for him, okay? Um, so other guys are going to be watching for Dora. They would now have to see, hey, can he find the outside? Could he use this, his length? Can he use the distance? Um, and if he can't, we could capitalize on that. We saw like with Paul Williams. Um, he had issues with that, and even with David Corrales, they had issues with that when guys try to box them outside of their punching range. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And but you know, Paul Williams was already in his manhood. You know, you know. Uh, um, I remember he was having trouble making one fifty four, one forty seven, one fifty four. That's why he had to move up to one sixty. And even at one sixty, they were trying to make Sergio Martinez. Uh, uh, go at a at a catch wave. Remember that. And Paul didn't have uh, head movement head suits. You're right. You know, Fondora inside is good to set up his outside punches. You know, well, I'll tell you one thing in his arsenal that Paul Williams and Diego Corrales did not have that Fondora does really well, really well. And that's the uppercut. And that's why I was saying, I was praising his dad about that because, you know, anytime you watch Lennox Lewis, even the Klitschko's, if you got in too close, uh, and if you're a shorter guy, and to pick you up, meaning getting you vulnerable for a left hook 
or, you know, or even pick you up where you take a step back and you can fit in a straight right, you know, it's a great move to use your uppercut, okay? It can also make your guy be hesitant. We saw that with his opponents where they get clipped with the uppercut and what they did is they walked themselves back to the ropes. And that's when Fondora was able to close it, close that gap immediately because he saw it was like a gotcha moment. Like, ah, I got you. I can open up and let my hands go even more. So it's some great stuff from the kid. Of course, every fighter, we want to see more improvement. We want to see more for them. I think that quota fight is a good step up. Uh, like he said, they're looking for either March or April. They're just waiting for the date. Um, but these guys, uh, Freddie and his kids, they stay busy. They're, it's They live a fight life. You know, I think it's great to hear that his mom was a fighter. And uh, the dad and him just were destined to come across and look, produce all these kids that are fight kids, man. I thought that was pretty awesome. Renato, maybe for Nora waits for Jamal, Jamal Charlo to move up in weight and goes for a vacant belt. It could be a strong possibility. I mean, you know, as we've seen with PBC and Al Heyman, Al Heyman does everything in his pace and what he wants to do with his fighters. Is it frustrating? But every promoter does the same thing. So it is frustrating sometimes. But I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this guy. Like, he's only 23, and like I said, he's still considered a prospect, even though he's won, he's won some trickling of a bout in the WBC. Um, and as we know, there's so many freaking belts, uh, it's hard to say, but I, I think we have to enjoy what he's able to produce and get right now. And like I said, I, I still want to see him continue to grow and improve. And that quota fight is a really good fight. I think that guy's going to really give him some rounds uh, and test him, you know, test him in every aspect that we're even questioning about Fondora at, at, at this moment. So these are good fights, you know, um, I do would like to, I would like to hear him maybe by 2022 start talking into getting in the top five guys facing one of them. But you know what? Anytime, I mean, you got to be in the other side of the corner of the ring uh, as a trainer with your fighter and really start mapping up what you can do against Fordora. If I was any of these guys, any of the champions right now or top five at this moment, I would be talking to these guys. Let's wait out. Let's see what more flaws we could see out of this kid or has he improved. Now, two, three fights, if he hasn't improved and he still sees the same Fandora, then I would start knocking on the Fandora team's door about possibly getting in with them, you know, because you could capitalize the moving around and forcing the kid to use his, uh, his, his weakness, which is what we haven't seen. So I don't know if it's a weakness or not which is stretching his body out to try to clip you at the end of his punches because we know he can catch you inside. That's his fight plan. That's his fight game at the moment and because it's what's been needing, you know? So, yeah, if I was any of those guys, that's what I would probably do uh, is probably wait out for another year or two to see what this kid, where he's at. If he doesn't prove or he doesn't improve because you're going to have to draw out a perfect line, a perfect plan uh, against a kid that's 6'6". As he said, he's 6'6". Let's see here. What you got here? Jesus. He needs more pepper shots. Um, probably so. Maybe so, you know. Again, guys, uh, just wanted to do a quick show here on leaving a ring. I wanted to get Sebastian Fornora, the towering for Inferno. Um, you know, uh, great kid. Uh, have complete fight family. There's no argument there. There's no way of saying, you know, like, oh, you're not a fight family. You got six siblings that are fighting, your mom and your dad. Uh, were both fighters. So, yeah, that's pretty good genes there. You know, it's uh, it was probably... I think it's safe to say he was destined to be a fighter. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, anytime you see a family of role of brothers and sisters that were fighters, there's always going to be one that's going to be the standout. But he, like his brother, Arbeto, is really good. I know his sister's really good. Um, you know, so I think it's going to be fun watching the Fandora family um, as they progress and as they grow. Again, thanks for tuning in, guys. Don't forget, every Monday we're on live here on uh, on Leaving in the Ring at 5 p.m. Tuesdays is the Hispanics Causing Panic, which is at 7 p.m. And then you got the Roundtable, which is at 5 p.m. Um, on D-Style's channel. And it's on Tuesdays, no, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you got live at 5 p.m. with um, a mill car doing this show at the Maestro uh, channel. Uh, so be sure to check those out. If not, you can catch it all on Pandora, iHeart, Blog Talk, Audio Boom, and all the other podcast platforms out there. So, you know, to uh, to listen to us in your buds while you're working, or mowing the grass, or washing the car, or doing errands for the old lady because she's making you go out there. Or if you haven't got a Valentine's present, hey, put us in and all that, and you can. Uh, and I know I don't know about you guys, but I hate shopping. I'm not one of those dudes that love to go out there and sit there and what and, and shop. I'd rather just pass the the card to the wife and say, "Go right ahead. I'll be home watching fights and stuff." But if you have to torture yourself and go out there and look for a Valentine's pre- present for your loved one, put on some earbuds and listen to us, and we'll help you pass that time and maybe even spark up an idea for you to uh, get a present for Valentine's. Anyways, guys, see you guys Monday. You guys have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, enjoy you guys this weekend. Don't drink and drive you will spill that beer. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the pound for pound best radio show around the world. It's Leave It In The Ring. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.